0: Well, hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today, December 9th, 2020, Wednesday. After uh, not recording a podcast for a little over a week, I started to reflect on where, where the country is currently as of a few weeks before Christmas in a few more weeks uh, till the inauguration. Lots been happening. Um, these strange, surreal, depressing, um, deflating experience of living in a country where when Donald John Trump is the president, is coming to an end. That era in our country's history is coming to an end in the next month or so, which is reassuring. Um, But uh, the, the reality is, you know, 71 million people voted for that guy. 71 million people voted for apathy, for hatred, for ignorance, for division, for incompetence, and they willingly voted for it. Um, and many of them are still very enthusiastically supportive of one Donald John Trump, guy who lost the presidential election in this year, 2020. Um, He he, he lost fair and square. Uh, He got his ass kicked in the popular vote. It was a little bit closer in the Electoral College because we still in this country unfortunately still decide who the president is by this strange concept known as the electoral college and instead of just having the citizens of our country vote and then you know how they vote decide the winner uh, which would be in in an election like this year it would have been a clear and emphatic victory uh, for Joe Biden Uh, but because of of the electoral college actually still wasn't that close but it was like some of the states it was only a few thousand several you know maybe a few tens of thousands that separated Um, and if you win a state you get one hundred percent of the vote no matter what your margin of victory was so if you win a state quote unquote with you know forty nine point seven percent of the vote and your opponent gets forty nine point five you get one hundred percent of the electoral votes from that state Uh, it's a very screwy, bureaucratic, nonsensical, illogical system that was created many years ago uh, to appease slave states, uh, because we used to have legalized slavery in this country, and the Electoral College is still a a kind of a carryover from that kind of horrid um, past of of, history in, in the United States of America. We used to have legalized slavery, yeah. The electoral College is still kind of a, a remnant uh, of that uh, instead of just giving the people the right to vote and then letting them vote and then letting the people decide we have a you know kind of a weird screwy system called the Electoral College uh, in modern times the only defense that many people give of the Electoral College is what if the popular vote was really close mm. yeah that, you know, a lot of the, most of the votes haven't really been that close in the popular vote. I mean, in 2016, the person who lost the election won the popular vote by 3 million. This year, it looks like it's it's over 5 million that Joe Biden won by. Um, So 300 million, it's going to be fairly rare that it's perfectly split, but We are a divided nation right now. We are the divided states of America right now. Um, Yeah. Um, Because I think that's the... It's like the most surreal part about this Trump era. There is little to anything good about one Donald John Trump, the individual human being Donald John Trump. There is little to anything good about the man. He is a... He's just a wretched, wretched soul, you know, you, you, you no no hatred toward him, it's more like, like just pity and, and kind of, you, you, you know, I'm, I'm embarrassed for him and, and I'm kind of embarrassed that I'm a citizen of a country that he's the leader of, you know, it, it's embarrassing. How else he's supposed to feel, you know, a guy that's famous for being bad, you know, for Bankrupting companies, cheating on his wives, being racist, sexist, stupid, not caring about anything except making money and being more famous, and then becoming a game show host. That guy has been president for the last four years, and after abusing his power and doing little to anything uh, as far as true leading (laughs) during his four years to represent the people, of all walks of life, just kind of being indifferent to the true duties of the job, uh, after four years of him just you know ruining our standing in the in the world, um, a a pandemic coming you know to our shores and killing people and him being completely indifferent, seventy one million people voted for him anyway, you, you know. And the Republican Party has stood steadfast behind Mr. Trump. Uh, Before the election, Mr. Trump basically declares that he's going to challenge the results of the election. You know, because, like, how could he possibly lose, you know, the worst president in in history? Um, A president who never had more than 50% approval rating, ever, (laughs) is somehow, you, you know, believes that he's entitled to a second term anyway but 71 million agreed with him so i get that's really the question moving forward how do we how do we wake up those 71 million you know how do we get those 71 million back to the light back to reason logic love as well you know love and logic the love and logic course though it's a great uh, parenting style a lot of it's just about giving people choices you know do you want universal health care or do you want to pay four hundred dollars a month for uh, health insurance that does not cover all your health care costs which do you choose do you want health care as a right or do you want to pay four hundred dollars a month for health insurance which would you want I mean for me personally I would definitely want universal health care. That would be awesome. Health care is a right. Meaning when you, you get sick, you just go to the place that heals people and you get better. And then you go on with your life. What a concept, you know. When the you know, uh, humanitarian organizations go to third world countries, that's one of the first things they provide. Health care and basic nutrition to the people that need it. Yeah, And they don't charge them a fee or anything, you know. They don't ask for a credit card or what. What insurance are you under? No, they. There's people that need healthcare, and so humanitarian organizations provide it for those people that need it. Um, we're in a weird place in our country right now, though, where the working class is falling way, way behind. Dow Jones is, you know, is skyrocketing up. Wealthy people are making massive amounts of money, but the people doing all the work are kind of being left behind. Many of them are becoming homeless, uh, don't have enough food to eat, and are really struggling. And uh, the response from Mr. Trump and the Republican Party is, we don't give a fuck. Pardon my French. You know, they don't care. They, they just don't. Um, It's unfortunate that so many people want to believe and choose to believe that the Republican Party is the organization of Christian values and small government and fiscal conservatism. It's very unfortunate that people believe that because none of that is true. You know, none of those things that the Republican Party broadcasts to the world and and says in the rhetoric is actually true in, in actual practice, in actual action. Fiscal conservatism? No. Uh, The budget deficit increased under Republican-controlled leadership. Why? Because they cut revenues before they cut expenses. Yeah, Uh, it's it's such a counterintuitive approach to balancing a budget. We're spending too much money, so let's bring in less money so that the amount that we're spending is way more than the amount that we're bringing in. Let's not try to match the money being brought in to cover expenses. Let's not make sure we're bringing in enough revenue to cover operation expenses. Let's just bring in less revenue first while still spending at this current rate. And that'll give us a better excuse to cut funding to programs that help keep the working class healthy and thriving. You know, uh, there's a certain indifference and apathy towards the working class among the Republican leadership. There's there's this kind of an indifference and a lack of caring of what the day-to-day life is like for many in the working class, the paycheck-to-paycheck life of you know busting your ass and then getting a small stipend and returned that mm. you, you know. Keeps you afloat, but doesn't really, you know, allow you to move forward or anything or move up the ladder. Many people are on that boat. But then meanwhile, um, you know, there'll be certain big, massive corporations who have people in the executive leadership of said corporation who make millions of dollars a year. So obviously that corporation is doing just fine. Uh, Those types of companies will get money. From the federal government and the Republican Party will approve of such things so you know it kind of goes back to the uh, you know the bipartisan thing the two-party approach to representation in this government you get two options basically you get the Republican Party which is the organization protects the interests of the wealthy and not just the wealthy but like the ultra ultra-wealthy, you know, the top 2%. That's who they represent. Uh, Now, because the 2%, the wealthiest 2%, is only 2% of the population, the Republican Party does indeed have to talk about a lot of other stuff to try to get working-class people to go along with the Republican Party, the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy. So in order for the Republican Party to properly you know, represent the wealthy, they have to convince working-class people who are not wealthy and are not going to be wealthy to vote Republican. One of the main ways is to demonize the Democratic Party, the one other option, basically. Uh, the Democrats are basically the lesser of the two evils. Um, there's corporate Democrats, there's progressive Democrats, there's justice Democrats, there's all these different types of Democrats because it's, you know, democracy. 300 plus million people of the most diverse population in the history of human civilization and we get two options one of them again primary first and foremost protecting the interests of the wealthy and that's the Republican Party that's what they do they cut taxes for the wealthy they cut taxes for corporations they deregulate corporations those types of tax laws and legislation that they pass benefits the wealthy, and, and that's it. There is no benefit to working class by wealthy people getting more money, no. And, and why would there? You know, It's, it's obvious that it's not real, uh, but that sort of approach to taxation has been done many, many times by the Republican Party over the years. What ends up happening is the economy ends up sagging, uh, budget deficit ends up happening, and there's you know uh, the wealthy gain more control of the economy um, how that benefits our society that, that you, you know I, I don't I don't know and there, there is in my opinion there is no benefit to our society when the people with the most power get more power and the people doing all the work have more of a burden to bear and have a harder time to make ends meet that that's not a benefit to our society you have to work harder just to get the same amount that you did before. Um, but that's kind of how the Republican Party wants it. Um, if you believe, make people kind of stressed out and anxious, um, then they might just put the, put the blinders on and just kind of have a nose-to-the-grindstone type attitude. And then those kind of people are easier to manipulate because they, they don't have time to get all the information. You know, you work in a... A long day, you get home, you want to maybe get caught up on the news, you're not going to be bouncing around from different station to different station. You're not going to be reading a big extensive newspaper or something. You're going to just kind of go into the sources that you've decided are the ones you trust and just kind of stick with them. Um, You know, so Republican Party has made it very clear, the modern Republican Party, that they are the Trump Party. Um, Now there is... Limits to how far Trump can push it, but you know, they're, they're kind of letting him go as, as as far as he wants. Y- yes, the legal court cases have been th- many of them thrown out. Most of the cases of Trump trying to challenge the election have been thrown out because, you know, there, there's no evidence. Um, you know, having a political rally where you just say a bunch of a dumb shit with no evidence is one thing. In a courtroom, though, you need evidence, uh, you know, and you also have to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Um, you start, you know, um, getting away from that and, you know, you you could face perjury or something like that. So the Trump campaign has kind of come hit a wall with, with their trying to challenge the election. But, um, you know, Trump is still at it, you know. There's still things going on that's. I I I think. It's like there's a collective. There was like a collective exhale when Trump lost, and now it's like just, just so ready to move on from the fuck. That that guy is just, you know, he's just not a person that you should put in charge of something ever, you know, whether it's a publicly traded company or a a country. Um, yes, he has a lot of money, and he was really famous prior to being president. That's not good enough, you know. We we need to demand better um, for what we look for, the characteristics we look for in a leader. You, you know, Donald Trump had a lot of money, and he had his name written in gold on big tall buildings. That's really neat. None of that has anything to do with being a good leader it doesn't mean he has good character It doesn't mean he has honor it doesn't mean he's going to definitely represent the interest of the people just because he had his name in gold on a big tall building just cuz he wears a suit every day just cuz he has a lot of money none of that has anything to do with being a good leader but those are the only positive qualities he has you know positive quote unquote those are his attributes you know he has a lot of money he's really famous and has been famous for several decades and he was a game show host. You know, that, that's it. You know, why was that good enough for him to be a leader? Why, why are so many people infatuated with gold to that extent? You know, why do people believe that because someone has lots of money, they must be a good leader? You know, how did this fallacy get spread so easily and so rampantly? You know, why are there so many regular working class people? who were the very type of people that Donald Trump screwed over throughout his life, and famously so, why are they supporting him? Why do so many people not get who Trump is? Why did that happen? You know, it's the information age, the guy's been famous for several decades, there's all kinds of videos and articles about the man going back decades, and yet 71 million were just oblivious to that. Why? What what's going on there? What is it that they're wanting? Are are they wanting some kind of civil, you know, reactionary like war type thing? Are they yearning for that? Are they yearning for a collapse? What do you, what do people possibly think is the future, if you go down a path of Trump and people like Trump being the leaders of the government? Why would anyone possibly believe? that that type of government would be representing the people's interests. You know, it's just, it's confusing as to why the number that voted for Trump was so high. It doesn't make any sense. You know, there's always going to be ignorant, hateful people in the United States of America. It's part of our history. You know, it's, we, you know, we've always had people that were hateful, vengeful, prideful, ignorant Of reality and who made poor choices because of their you know hateful and ignorant biases never had so many of them before you know and how many of the 71 million were mostly just voting out of ignorance just not truly knowing who Trump is and what he represents and but why did they not know but then there's the others that voted for him because He was those things. Because he was racist and and divisive and fascist. That's what they liked about him. So it's a a very strange mix of the 71 million, you you, you got all kinds of different types of people in that bunch who have all kinds of different reasons for justifying their support for the man. Some support Trump because he represents fascism, he represents an authoritarian style rule, an outcast of the other other is could be anybody i would be another because i'm progressive you know kind of a hippie type and sometimes you know i like smoking cannabis and kind of doing things in own way write poetry and stuff like that and anyone kind of weird or different in any way gets kind of cast out in the authoritarian style government and some americans are very supportive of such a thing you know but other americans voted for trump for different reasons um, many because he has an R next to his name and they, they just don't like the Democrats. Democrats are a flawed organization in their own right. Like I said before, they are the lesser of the two evils. In other words, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party are both bad. Neither one is good. N- n- no, you know, neither one is good. The Democrats, it's just the lesser of, of the two evils. You know, it's not as bad. Republican Party as an organization is an organization that is primarily first and foremost focused on protecting the interest of the wealthy. For whatever reason, though, millions of working class people believe otherwise, you know, they'll they'll vote for the Republicans because, you know, um, know, uh, pro-life or whatever, or uh, banning gay marriage or something like that, or the Democrats are going to instill socialism. Meanwhile, they'll they'll be fully supportive of and excited about socialism for the wealthy. You know, socialism for the wealthy is totally fine. So tax cuts for the wealthy and creating new tax loopholes for the wealthy—that you know, certain tax offsets and things like that—that that are only going to benefit the wealthy. Those working-class Republicans will be fully supportive of that. But a plan to make sure that health care is a right. They'll fight that tooth and nail, you know. They they don't want that because that means socialism. Meanwhile, they'll still collect their social security te- check. If there's an emergency, they'll call nine one one. They'll drive on the interstate freeway system. They'll send their children to public schools, and so socialism will be part of their daily life and has been the entirety of their life. But they don't want socialism, you know. They they don't want health care as a right, you know. It's just very confusing um, but that's kind of what the Republican Party is though the, the they can't really sell themselves um, truly you know they, they can't present themselves as what they really are because who would vote for such an organization you know if you're a working-class person why would you vote for the organization that protects the interests of the wealthy you know so you have to you know, you have to convince those people that that's not what you are no, that you're that you're something else, or just that the other option is bad, you know, and then somehow that by default means that the Republicans are better or something. Um, but lots been revealed in this Trump era. You know what I mean? I always you know I never had much um, inclination to vote Republican, even prior to Trump. You know, here and there maybe. But, you know, by and large, they kind of seemed... Especially the ones, like, on TV with the R's next to the name. Mitch McConnell, Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, um, Kevin McCarthy, Jim Jordan, um, Matt Gates. You know, they're just assholes. You know, dipshits. When I was younger, you know, Newt, Newt Gingrich and uh, uh, Trent Lott. And, you know, there, there's just a bunch of them. They were just assholes, you know. They, they just... They just didn't seem to care about much of anything, you know. Um, and it was all kind of vague terms like big government, small government, and, you know, fair taxation, balanced... Te- but they're all just euphemisms for, you know, making the wealthy more powerful is what their true objective is, you know. you know, The business party, well, what type of businesses, you know. Is the Republican Party uh, an organization that creates opportunities for small business no not really big business though yeah big massive corporations they're, they're fully supportive of that's why you know a lot of their people will talk a lot about the Dow Jones Industrial Average you know the Dow Jones Industrial Average goes up 2.6 percent and you own zero shares of stock what does it mean for you that the Dow Jones Industrial Average went up person who does not own any shares of stock the answer is nothing. <laughs> yeah. It means nothing. Yeah, If, if you don't own stock, of you know, shares of stock of any of the companies that are cha- traded on the Dow Jones, that are under the Dow Jones Industrial Average, then it has no effect on you. You're not getting anything. You're not getting some of that. Oh, the economy's doing well because the Dow Jones Industrial Average went up. Nope. It it doesn't necessarily mean the economy is doing well, you know. The economy's there's a lot of (laughs) lot of different things going on with the economy. It's not just the value of big massive corporations, you know. That's may or may not be an indicator of how well the economy is doing, but it's it's kind of a misnomer um, because these are just big massive corporations that people with enough money to buy you know a few hundred shares at a time of these companies is a very select group so it's not really you know it's not truly representing how the economy as a whole is doing it's just the people that can afford to buy stock are doing that and the value of their ownership stakes has gone up or down or whatever but if you don't own any shares you're not getting anything. There is no gain for you. Nothing. Companies that got those gains, are they going to pay their employees more? No. Why would they do that? That's not their objective. Corporation's objective is to earn a profit and to increase shareholder value. That's it. It's not to create a better way of life for the people working for the corporation. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what a corporation does. But, you know, um, that continues to this day to be one of the main things that uh, whenever there's reports on how the economy is doing, Dow Jones Industrial Average. But what percentage of Americans actually own any sizable, you know, amount of stock? Pretty small portion. You know, most of the stocks traded on the New York Stock Exchange most of those shares are owned by a small, pretty small group of people, you know, percentage-wise. So, if you don't own any of those, you're not getting anything. You know, you're not, you're not making any gains. Better test of the economy is, what's the literacy rate? What's the infant mortality rate? What's the life expectancy? What percentage of Americans are able to access nutritional food? You know, fruit, produce, you know. And how far away is it? What percentage of uh, Americans are have a home, you know, and a way to get to work and stuff like that? And uh, what percentage of Americans are working and earning an income, and and earning an income that's good enough to, you know, earn a living, you know, working class people work for a living in the most literal sense of the word. You, you, if you want to stay alive. And continue to have food to eat a place to live you have to work there is no safety net now if you're born into in a different class and this is the group that the Republican Party represents it's known as the ultra affluent um, members of society these are people that are born into wealth Mr. Trump is you know your kind of classic example of someone born into ultra affluence Um, those working for living concerns that the vast majority of working class people have Mr Trump has never ever ever had to experience ever not not once N- no um no he he was born wealthy you, you know he was a millionaire by the time he was 8 or 9 years old because of the money that his father was putting into a trust fund for him Over the course of Donald Trump's life, he inherited over 400 million in today's dollars from his father. Okay, So he's never had to work for a living. And again, work for a living in the most literal sense. If you want to stay alive, continue to have food to eat, access to shelter, you need to work. And hopefully, the amount that you're working is enough to replenish the energy that you spent working. If it's not... Uh, that becomes a tough situation uh, to make a living you know if you're, if you're burning a ton of energy you know and it's expending a certain amount of money to do a job uh, if all you're making back is basically a reimbursement for the energy spent and the costs involved to get to work and all that kind of thing well then you're just kind of staying afloat but you're not really moving up. The Republican Party is an organization that would really prefer it to stay that way. They don't like the idea of a level playing field. Now, level playing field is a term that gets used a lot. Um, whenever I played rugby back in the day, we my team would always play the other team on a level playing field. Yeah. Level playing field. It's a level pitch. Now, one team might be decidedly better than the other team Uh, one time we were playing a match where the other team was just they were kind of hobbled by injuries and stuff and I think they showed up with only 15 dudes and then one of them like had one of his ribs cracked in the middle of the game so they were basically playing with like 14 and a half games for most of the game and we had a full side so needless to say uh, we we beat them up pretty good Uh, it was like over 100 something to whatever Um, but I've also been on but it was a level playing field you know, the level playing field in the most literal sense. It doesn't mean that everyone's equal. It, it just means you're allowed to compete, you know. Um, and then there was another match where it was a level playing field against a team that was sort of like a semi-pro rugby team. Uh, they had actually, you know, big sponsors and stuff like that. But we we played them on a level playing field. Uh, they were just way better than us. And they beat us like 55 to nothing in a sevens match, which is... You know, a pretty big blowout in a sevens game because they are only ten-minute halves. So, but you know, we had, we had, you know, seven guys against their seven, but they were just a much better seven. But it was a level playing field. You know, level playing field means you're just allowed to compete. There's not barriers to competing, uh, you know, or whatever. Um, to level the playing field in the U.S. would mean certainly that the working class are allowed to go to a hospital when they need to get checked up, when they get hurt, injured. They just go and get healed and get better, you know. Um, and what does that mean for them? Well, it means they're able to be more productive, you know. It means they're healthier, you know, more, they're more efficient. Um, and, yeah, probably more apt to... Progress forward um, Republican party I think w- one of the main reasons they're not they're very against universal health care as, as a right is because it would make our society a more level playing field. you, you know you, you wouldn't be in debt to some corporation in order to be able to go to a doctor you know and because a lot of people's health insurance is tied to their work so if they lose their job they lose their right to go to a hospital. You know, without being charged or something. Um, they can still go to a hospital, but then they're going to get sent a pretty big, massive bill. The um, Republican Party wants, what the Republican Party truly is, is a sort of preserving of the status quo, and in some cases, even reverting back to some previous time. And that's what you get in some of the most extreme um, far right, where they want to, the way it is now is not even, it's not good enough let's go back to the way it was 50 years ago and uh, they'll sort of praise the some, some sort of idyllic view of the past um, which base a lot of times involves ignoring certain you know pretty clear and obvious uh, negative aspects of that previous golden era you know the 1950s um, nineteen fifties were not perfect for everyone, <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of white middle class families that did very well in the fifties, but there's a lot of other Americans that, because of systematic things were were not allowed to truly thrive you know there's but you know that that's kind of what modern Republican party wants, and that was kind of Trump's whole thing that make America great again. Go back to this previous era. Yes, there was more overt systematic racism back then, but that's what he wants. You know, Donald Trump is a famous racist. He wants to go back to the day when there was sort of a, a hierarchy or something, where you, you had a higher status as an American if you had a certain, you know, pale skin pigmentation, commonly referred to as white, even though most people who are defined as white don't really have white skin. And just like most of the people that I know that are defined as black don't really have black skin I've known a few people uh, one of one of my cross country teammates when I was at Skagit he definitely had black skin he was from Sudan and uh, he, was, he, was, he was very dark he was probably one of the darkest people I've ever known personally but uh, real fast, good runner too good dude, been through a lot of shit in his life and I think uh, just enjoyed the experience of being able to not have as much crazy shit to worry about, but he grew up in the Sudan, uh, right in the middle of when they were having civil wars and stuff, but he was, he's probably the, I mean, he he had black skin, you know, that, that's probably the, but most people that are defined as either black or white or whatever, they don't really have that, that's not the color of their skin, mine's more of a, I don't know, like a pinkish peach color or some shit, I, I don't know, Certainly, would call it white, but that's just the term we use to describe people that are predominantly from European descent. We, and then we use this weird term like yellow skin for people that are from Asians. It's just so weird. That's that's their skin isn't yellow. Why do we use those stupid colors? Yeah, I mean, anyway, being kind of sidetracked here. But I used to love coloring as a kid. I even won a few coloring contests and stuff. And like skin colors were always the toughest to get right because it's it's not. You know like uh, people of African descent Latinos and stuff. you you'd want like a mix of like tans and browns and lights it's a mix of a lot of different colors but it's certainly not just pure black and same with you know white people uh, you, it would, peach would work best uh, or apricot or something like that to kind of get the, a similar skin pigmentation of a so-called white person but you know those specific words to describe people's skin color was came up with years and years ago even though the reality is there's a lot of nuance if you're going to describe someone's the color what what is color and what is it what is your true uh skin color you know i certainly wouldn't say mine's white but you know whatever it's just anyway um I yeah, got kind of sidetracked but I think, uh... It's just... I don't know what it's going to take to kind of... The 71 million that voted Trump, like, what is that about? How do we... You know, you have this, this, this guy who, who's kind of been on TV for decades, you know, he's, he's always on TV for doing something stupid, you know, screwing things up, fucking things up, you know, a um, bunch of failed marriages because each marriage he has, he's cheating on his wife. Even the wife he has now, he's, he's cheated on her. She's the first lady. Uh, he cheated on her with a porn star and then paid money to the porn star to stay quiet and then also did the same with the Playboy Centerfold as well. Uh, You know, Bankrupted companies, he would say racist, stupid things, sexist things. He was just kind of a whore for publicity. And then he became a game show host. Uh, And then to get into the political sphere, he claimed that Barack Obama wasn't born in America. uh, Because Donald Trump is a famous racist uh, going back decades. It's kind of what began his fame. But so for years and years, he would just claim that Barack Obama wasn't born in America. And this somehow legitimized him as a political candidate. You know, it's just amazing. He had run for president many times and never was taken seriously because he's Donald Trump, a cartoonishly stupid and bad person in in every sense of the word. There's not really anything good about the man. He just loves being on TV and he loves money, and that and that's it. You know, he's he, he's just kind of a sociopathic narcissist who was trained to be that way. You know, um, yeah, it you know. He he was trained to be a win-at-all-costs type, no matter if you have to cheat or hurt people or steal or whatever. You know, he, he was raised to be a cruel, ruthless person. The epitome of his, you know, what's the term? To just be, uh, you know, the chip off the old block of his father and, and kind of the, you know, he wanted to be just like his father. And he achieved that. And then some. You know, you know, he, he he exceeded his father's ruthlessness and cruelty exponentially. You know, he actually got to become president of the United States, and then used his power to, you know, uh, enrich himself, uh, promote his companies, and to try and use the powers of the presidency to gain political advantage. Um, and then seventy-one million voted for that. It's like. Just the day-in, day-out diatribe of Trump, you know, saying racist, sexist things, you know, xenophobic, you know, just sort of blaming all the woes of the country on this other, you know, there's there's people immigrating to America, something that's been going on for hundreds of years, and they're the reason that you're losing your job? Huh? That doesn't even make sense. <laughs> but that was like a campaign thing. You know, build the wall, build the wall, build the wall, because like you're going to lose your job because a Spanish speaking Latino is, is walking across the desert. Huh? You, you know, like how? How are you losing your job to the Spanish immigrant who doesn't have a visa or anything like that and is walking across the desert? You know, speaks Spanish. If, if you're losing your job to that person well then you do des- you deserve the usual job to them it's probably because they're working harder and they're and they're willing to get paid less and it's work that you know they're probably better at and that and that's probably why you, you know yeah so um, that that's just competition you, you know I think employers have a right to hire the the best people to to be able to get the job done um, and yeah that's 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 what it is so i think it's more you know if if there's so called native born or whatever americans that are doing you know this sort of labor intensive migrant you know harvesting crops and stuff like that on big farms um well then yeah, I mean that that's what it is. I mean so that that's just a pure productivity type job. You know, it's it's eight, ten hours a day of just on your knees, moving around, heavy lifting, constant go. If you're not able to do that then you're not able able to do that. If there's other people that are more effective at it, well then there's other people that are more effective at it. And I think that the people that are willing to do that work and they're willing to walk hundreds of miles just to get that shitty job that's not going to pay a whole lot, but it's just the chance, then we should make sure those people get their paperwork so that they can, so it can be legal and all that. We've got to stop referring to people that are walking hundreds of miles to claim refugee status here in the United States or to immigrate to the United States, but just don't have their paperwork yet. We got to stop referring to them as illegal. That's just a really stupid term, it's really dumb. It's a really dumb term, illegal immigrants. No, they're human beings attempting to immigrate to the United States of America. As far as what the bureaucratic paperwork process is, let, okay, what paperwork do they need? That's And let, let's get that rolling, you know. But it's just, you know, I think one of the biggest ones that I have a problem with the seventy one million that voted for Trump is the uh, the Trump administration's policy of child abuse. Uh, you know, it, it's it, it's a policy of child abuse. That there's no other way to put it. Yeah, if if you were one of the unfortunate people to be walking across the desert at the southern border to try to immigrate to the United States of America and you were with your family um, US border patrol agents uh, would have arrested you taken your children away and put them in a cage and they would have separated you from your children and possibly never reunite you reunite you yeah that's that's child abuse yeah pretty blatantly so uh, what's going to be the effect on the psyche and emotional well-being of those children who have been locked up in cages for not doing anything wrong they were walking across the desert they were emigrating yeah Uh, they weren't committing a crime but they've been locked up in a in a cage some of them for months have not seen their parents in a long time I cannot even imagine the emotional and trauma that that is is a matter of policy that has been put on those children because of Trump and his enablers. It's disgusting, you know. That is not something that should be happening. Children should not be abused. In ex- Ever. But there, should, there shouldn't be some sort of punishment for walking across the desert. Well, you didn't get your paperwork first. So what? That's not an excuse to lock a child up in a cage, you know there's never an excuse to do that there's there's no justification for children who are walking across the desert with their parents being locked up in a cage but that was Trump policy that that was a matter that was the administration's policy separation policy family separation policy okay so sort of mandated child abuse imagine four or five-year-old kid walking you know maybe piggyback ride for part of the time or something and then all of a sudden these you know <laughs> militaristic people in uniforms and stuff come sweeping in in four-wheelers or whatever with guns and stuff they arrest your parents they whisk you away and then you, you just kind of treated like an animal uh, for months on end You're a child. How does that affect you as a person? How would you, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, but 71 million people just said, we don't give a shit. We don't care. We don't care. What we care about is being able to go and drink and have fun and do whatever we want whenever we feel like it. We don't want to have to wear a mask because it's inconvenient. Who cares if other people get sick and die? Who cares if the administration is abusing children? Who cares? That's what 71 million people said. Did they realize they were saying that? Probably not all of them. Some of them have engaged in all kinds of mental gymnastics to justify their support of a wretched, horrendous person who has no business representing people. They'll engage in all kinds of mental gymnastics to try to justify their support for one Donald John Trump. There is no justification for it, none. If you voted for Donald Trump in 2016, you made a mistake. If you voted for him in 2020, you made an even bigger mistake because you had more years of evidence, if you will, data to look at and say, oh, that's who that person really is. And if you saw the four years of the Trump presidency and said, yes, please, more of that, then who are you really? Please don't call yourself a Christian. Please don't do that. Please don't be calling yourself a Christian if you voted for Trump in 2020. You got to stop that. What are your true convictions? Who are you really? Okay. You need to ask yourself that. If you're going to support child abuse, hatred, division, violence. And then you're going to call yourself a Christian. eh, I'm sorry. That's... Like I'm no biblical scholar by any stretch of the imagination, but goodness gracious, I have a basic understanding of the teachings of Jesus, and um, abusing children is not something that's in there. Um, yeah. Making it harder to heal the sick is, is not a, a principle of the teachings of Jesus. Um, acting violently towards those who aren't even being violent to you, just initiating violence for no good reason. Donald Trump wants to take a picture holding the Bible upside down in front of a church. So what does he do? Tear gas and you know pepper spray and all that kind of stuff to the crowd that's sort of nearby. Why doesn't he just walk to the church with them there? Why doesn't he come out and shake their hands? Why doesn't he engage in conversation with these people? Because he doesn't care (laughs) he has no empathy for the other people okay he's a man ruled by hatred and vengeance and pride envy sloth wrath gluttony you know all those sort of things lust he's the sort of embodiment of the seven deadly sins so if you voted Trump in 2020 you got to look yourself in the mirror a little bit more if you're calling yourself a Christian what are your true convictions Yeah, maybe the church you go to, the pastor is telling you to vote Republican. What is that person's true convictions? That human being, that pastor, is a person. And as it says in the Bible, all people sin. All humans are sinners, including myself, you know. So you can even question the things that I'm saying and sort of question the validity of my message as I'm saying it right now. There you go. But at the same time, ask yourself, why are you supporting a person who had child abuse as a matter of policy? Why are you supporting a person who encourages violence? Why are you supporting a person who encouraged division, who is apathetic, uncaring about the plight of the poor, of the sick, of the hungry, and does nothing with his power to improve those things? You know, nothing. Nothing. I think there's a lot of false prophets in, in this country you know uh, that was a term I learned when I was a young kid going to Methodist Church but there's there's a bunch of people that are saying they're one thing but their actions are saying something quite different um, you know you, you can quote scripture tell you're blue in the face but then you publicly support a man who's an Antichrist an Antichrist Donald Trump's entire life, his entire ethos, who he is as a man, is the complete opposite of the teachings of Jesus. You know? And yet, 71 million, now obviously not all 71 million of those people are claiming to be Christian, but a lot of them are. So what's going on there? Obviously Trump is not a Christian. You you don't need to be a biblical scholar to understand that. He doesn't believe in forgiveness because he doesn't believe he has anything to be forgiven for. <laughs> he thinks he's done it right. He thinks he's lived his way, his life the right way. By dominating others, you know. By by not turning the other cheek, by hitting back harder, you know, by being ruthless and cruel and sociopathic. By you know, lying constantly, you know. During his four years it's it's in the thousands. You know, sometimes he averages dozens a day and sometimes, you know, you know, honor is bad in his mind. Empathy is weakness in his mind, you know, and all in all, it's, you can't help with this. I just can't help but feel a little bit of pity and whatever towards Trump because he was trained to be that way. He had an older brother who had a kind of a different worldview. But that world view was almost kind of sucked out of him by his father. You know, Donald Trump's father trained, wanted his children to be ruthless, cruel people who cared nothing more than, you know, increasing their wealth and power. And that's what Trump became. You know, he learned the lessons from his older brother, who was a more empathetic character, you know, more probably creative spirit. Probably, a, you know, a person with that in a different, more supportive family would have gone on to many great things and would have lived a much longer life, but, you know, it wasn't meant to be. You know, um, said he, you know, died young of alcoholism. <sighs> so I. I'm. Still, you know, somewhat hopeful for the future, but I don't really know what to think of this country anymore. I mean, because the four years have been so blatantly bad. The the person that our country elected was so clearly and obviously ill-suited for the job. And yet still to this day, there's millions that are still supporting him. Still supporting him now with his legal, you know, his challenging of the vote, even though every single case has been dismissed pretty much. And there is no merits to the lawsuit. It, it's all bullshit. Millions of, of people are still supporting him, anyway. You know. So, what? How do we get back those people back to the light? What is? What is the path? You know. You know. For me, it's it's. If you focus on just the basics, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us deliver me not from temptation but deliver me from evil. I think it when people focus on the more the, the, the you know the teachings of Jesus you know the, the scriptures and get less bogged down in the details uh, those that are identifying as being Christian it's almost like they need to kind of reintroduce themselves go in like with fresh eyes or something. I think It's easy when you're in a religion to just start going through their emotions, I think. And I think that's what happened for me for a while in my life. And that's why I kind of stopped going to church for a while. Because I have that kind of personal thing. And, you know, religion and faith can be very personal. But over these four years with Trump, you know, a clear and obvious antichrist. Becoming popular among people identifying publicly, at least, as being Christian has sort of forced my kind of, uh, I don't know, just, well, what am I about? You know, teachings of Jesus has been very helpful for me, and it's been a sort of a foundation in my life, throughout my life, regardless of what, you know, my personal family may, may feel, because I don't go to church much and stuff, you know, I know what... I know what my faith is, you know, and, and I know what my spiritual roots are. And I I know what kind of, what confirmation was for me. I know what it felt like for me confirming, you know, all those years ago. Um, obviously other people must have a a very different type of relationship. Um, and, and that's, that's fine, but it's also like, But, what, but, but it's like, what are you doing in, in the righteous way? W- why are you supporting someone and giving praise to him, giving power to someone who's obviously not righteous? Trump is not righteous, obviously. You know, he kind of represents the opposite. So if you're claiming to be one thing, and then you're publicly supporting the opposite, why is this? And um, how do we get people to understand this sort of The issue there. And how we get people to sort of reconcile a better path. Doesn't necessarily mean there's a jumping Democrat or whatever. You know, forget politics. Like how how do we get people to make better choices as far as to what they claim their beliefs are? You know. So I hope and pray that our country can once again be united country, that we will choose better leaders to represent us, people with honor and conviction. And empathy for others and that um, we can move forward and uh, heal these divides that we've had and also hope and pray that uh, we will recover from this coronavirus thing and that we'll also have time to kind of heal from it and to maybe maybe even just kind of reflect There's been a lot of people that we've lost you know these are Citizens of ours, brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and all that thing. So hope and pray these uh, final few weeks of uh, Trump goes off without any more craziness and that, uh, you know, we can once again be a shiny beacon on the hill, if you will. So stay safe out there. Uh, God bless. This is Gary thinking out loud.